Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, right, what is going on, Laker fans? Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. We got an hour to talk Lakers basketball. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. If you want to be a part of the show... You can hit me up on Twitter at Alan Well, You can call into the show, 877-710-ESPN. Brad Turner of the LA Times uh, will join me in about a half hour or so. I want to talk a little bit about the Laker draft picks, the two picks for the Lakers that they made at number 17 and number 40. thought the Lakers were really going to move the picks. I want to talk about um, the, the trade that never happened. The biggest priorities for the Lakers this offseason, man, they got a lot of decisions to make on some key pieces, D'Lo, Rui, Austin Reeves, just to name a few. And then where do the Lakers rank in the Western Conference before free agency? A lot of teams making moves, whether you think they're big splashes or they're not. Certainly it's going to affect the West. It's going to affect the scope of the NBA. So we got a lot to get into. Um, Let's start off with this. So Thursday night, NBA draft. Man, does the NBA do a fantastic, fantastic job of just getting you hyped up for stuff, uh, getting you hyped up in the middle of the offseason. We haven't hit free agency yet, and Bradley Beal's already moved, and Chris Paul's already moved, and Damian Lillard, every 19 minutes there's an update that he's still in Portland. Um, by the way, that's an annoying story. That one's just not going to go away. Um, it was. It, it's really impressive to just see how they have everybody's attention not just leading up to the playoffs, not just during the regular season, not just you know big marquee matchups, but how much the offseason dominates. So the Lakers, we all know, had two picks. They had the number 17 pick, who they took Jalen Hood, Shafino, a guard out of Indiana, uh, kind of a combo guard, say he'll be able to play point guard. He'll also be able to play shooting guard. Um, and then Maxwell Lewis at number 40 at a Pepperdine um, the prototypical, at least the Lakers will hope, that prototypical 3 and D type of player. Listen, I, I, I'm sure it's actually, you go out, and I like doing this after the draft, you go read some of these articles, and ESPN might have something, and Bleacher Report might have something, and uh, just kind of go down the list of all the sports networks, and they'll give draft grades. Hey, we thought this team did this, and wow, the, this team missed that opportunity. A lot of people actually really like the Lakers draft picks, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I watched Indiana basketball during the college basketball season, or I saw all of Pepperdine games, and I could tell you everything about Maxwell Lewis. But at least what I've read, what I've listened to, a lot of people like who the Lakers drafted at number 17 and number 40. We know that the Lakers and that front office – has a great history of drafting a little bit later, whether in the first round or the second round. You can look at examples like Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, picking up undrafted players like Austin Reeves and doing what they've done, Alex Caruso and his development. The Lakers have done a uh, Avita Zubats, another one which a lot of Laker fans still look and say, man, why did you trade Avita? But these are all players that were not top three picks, top five picks, top ten picks. Um, The Lakers have done a very, very good job from that perspective. My only thing is, leading up to the NBA draft, really, really thought the Lakers were going to 
um, move some of these uh, picks and potentially put themselves in a position where they can add a veteran, they can add some pieces that would help a team that seems like is in a window that is closing um, simply because of what LeBron's, LeBron James ages. He'll be in his 21st season. That, that was my big, big takeaway from the draft, that the Lakers didn't make a move. Um, that the, the thought and the concept is you're trying to win right now. Really, how much, how much impact can any of these players have this upcoming season? Very little, I'm assuming. Let me give you an example. Max Christie, I think, is a nice player. I really do. And anytime he got opportunities last season, it's like, wow, I kind of like what this player can be in three or four years or in two or three years that you're not going to expect Jalen hood Shafino, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. You're not going to expect him to be a real impact, impactful player this upcoming season. It takes time. It takes time in the NBA, especially if your name is not, you know, think of players that came in and made an immediate impact. There isn't many of them unless they played three, four years in college and then eventually was ready for the NBA just strictly because of the experience that they have and the amount of time that they spent in college. Um, that's not going to be the case with the players that the Lakers took. Now, I will also say this, that even though I don't think these players are going to have all that much impact this upcoming season, this is a team right now that's trying to um, take a Western Conference appearance, Western Conference Finals appearance, and turn it into, you want to grow off of it. I didn't think their Lakers were going to get that far this year, but they did. And now, all of a sudden, the expectations are going to be different next season because you feel like you have a, a real team that can compete and a team that makes a lot of sense as well. I will say that with all that being said, that I was, if I was selfishly disappointed that the Lakers did not trade those picks, I don't feel like that's the same sentiment from a lot of Laker fans. I got a lot of, you know, whether it's on social media, it's on Twitter, any of these other platforms, a lot of people kind of say, no, 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 I'm okay with the Lakers draft. Hey, you know what? It's okay to think about the future a little bit. You know what? No, this new CBA is going to have such an effect on the Lakers, or not on the Lakers, on the entire NBA, that um, it's important to have players that are super young that are not taking up that much money on your, on your, uh, uh, your, your team salary. With all that being said... I guarantee you if the Lakers had a good move out there to be made, I think they would have made it. Um, I'm going to give Rob Palenka and that front office the benefit of the doubt that because the Lakers drafted at number 17 and because the Lakers drafted at number 40, then there probably wasn't a deal out there to be had or there wasn't a deal out there that they felt was in the best interest of of the organization or... There were a lot. There were a lot of other franchises out there that know that the Lakers are in a very small, tight window. That know that the Lakers could very easily, easily be a player away from really competing with the Denver Nuggets. That maybe they sensed some desperation. Maybe they were trying to take advantage of the Lakers because of the predicament, the situation that the team was in, and the success that they had last year. And the fact that Rob Palenka and the front office did not make a move makes me think there was not a move to be had. Russell Westbrook was on the Lakers for a year and a half. And I think we all could sense three months into that Russell Westbrook, um, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, I think we could all sense that, yeah, that ain't going to work. And every other team in the NBA smelled blood in the water 
and we're trying to take advantage of the Lakers and saying, cool, he wants to take Russ off the books, no problem. We're just going to need that number 27. We're going to need that number 29. We're going to need you to take back these bad contracts, blah, 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 and all that. To Rob Palenka's credit, he didn't do it last year. He didn't do it last trade deadline. He didn't do it last season. And then he waited. He didn't even do it in the offseason. He waited all the way till the trade deadline to finally make a move. And the move he made got the Lakers to the Western Conference Finals. So I, I will, as much as I wanted to see a trade go down, um, I got a lot of confidence that Rob Palenka in that front office, if there was a trade to be had, they would have done it. And if there wasn't, that means it just didn't make sense to do. And that's where the Lakers are sitting today. It is always exciting to see some of these young players, you know, when you draft players, um, get an opportunity to see them in Vegas, get an opportunity to see them once the season starts. There is something about cropping your own talent. At the same time, you obviously want to see the Lakers just improve the roster, however they can do that. You, you, that's that's obviously the most important thing. Okay, um, I want to spend a little time on this, and I'll throw it out to Laker fans as well. Biggest priorities for the Lakers this offseason. D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, is it Austin Reeves? Is it some of these role players like Dennis Schroeder, Lonnie Walker? Who do you want to make sure comes back and is a part of this Lakers team, and who are you less concerned about? We'll do that coming up next. If you want to be a part of the show, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, what a fun time of the year. Uh, NBA draft just went down last Thursday. NBA free agency coming up. Uh, a lot of chatter around what the Lakers are going to do. They got a lot of decisions. Um, I, I want to kind of want to talk about a few of these players here and what is the biggest priority for the Lakers this offseason um, also want to just remind everybody that Brad Turner of the LA Times is going to come on at 7.30, so join us, talk a little Lake Show here. And if you want to be a part of the show, 877-710-ESPN. So let me start off with this. I, I think the name that I'm hearing the most this offseason and all the question marks around this event, individual, it's interesting how polarizing D'Angelo Russell is with Laker fans. You guys know that I definitely, 100%, I interact with a lot of Laker fans. And and I kind of, I, I find myself stuck in this one at times as well, that D'Angelo Russell, you get a lot of interesting energy that comes with D'Lo from Laker fans. 
Here's a reality. D'Angelo Russell for the Lakers, when he came in uh, as part of that tree, uh, as part of that trade, D'Angelo or Russell Westbrook goes. Um, D'Angelo Russell came in and played 17 regular season games for the Lakers. And if I told you his stats were 17 points and six assists a game, and if I told you that that do you want to sign up for D'Lo contributing 17 and six a game in the regular season? There would not have been a Laker fan that would have said, no, I'm not interested. Of course, give me that 17 and 6. You know what? D'Lo, the way he was getting paid as well, 30 plus million dollars, I want to say $31 million, and you knew he was going to be an unrestricted free agent. Um, sounds good. Sign me up for that. And the productivity that has given you, he's a, a playmaker. He can create for others. He shoots a good percentage from the outside. Uh, I'm in for D'Angelo Russell, and he doesn't have to be your focal point. You got LeBron, you got Anthony Davis. Reeves is going to get his own. It's a perfect fit for D'Angelo Russell. Then the playoffs started. Do you know what he averaged against the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals when the Lakers got swept? Six points and three and a half assists. He was nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. And my question on D'Angelo Russell, and I think this will always be my question about D'Lo is, I'm going to try to say this in the nicest way possible. There are certain players that are just winning players and they make winning plays. Does D'Angelo Russell fit that mold? Not in my eyes. That doesn't mean that he doesn't have value and it doesn't mean that he still can't, some shape, way, or form, help the Los Angeles Lakers. But I don't have confidence that in the postseason, in the playoffs, when the lights were brightest, the Lakers had to sit D'Angelo Russell on the bench, and it was Dennis Schroeder getting a majority of those minutes. Is that going to change? This is the problem with D'Angelo Russell, and I think this is the um, this is the predicament that the Lakers find themselves in with D'Lo. Okay, if not D'Lo, then who? That's the issue that the Lakers are in right now. The issue is, go look at, let, let's find other point guards around the NBA. Okay, are they going to go get Kyrie Irving? No, I don't think they're going to get Kyrie Irving. And I think the Dallas Mavericks are going to try to sign him to as much money as possible because they want to keep Kyrie there. All right, are they going to go get Fred Van Vliet? Well, how are you going to go get Fred Van Vliet? I would love Van Vliet on the Los Angeles Lakers. I think he'd be a fantastic fit. I'm a fan of his. I like his style. I like his shooting ability. I like his playmaking. I like that he's won an NBA championship. I like that he doesn't shy away from big moments. I love everything about him. But the only way you get Fred Van Vliet is if you do a sign and trade with the Toronto Raptors. So now you need the Raptors to want D'Angelo Russell. You need D'Angelo Russell to want to go play for the Raptors. You need Van Vliet to want to come play for the Los Angeles Lakers. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of moving parts in a deal like that. So I think what I'm getting at is I think D'Angelo Russell will come back and be a Los Angeles Laker. And what, what, what you're hoping for is this from D'Lo. You're hoping that 82 games with the Lakers, get, get, continue to get comfortable, continue to get that continuity, learn from Le- LeBron, learn from AD, learn from Darvin Ham, learn from all these guys that are on this team and this roster, that by the time you potentially get to the playoffs, D'Angelo Russell is ready for that second stint with the Lakers in the postseason. That's really what you're depending on. The other reason why you want D'Angelo Russell on your team is because at worst, if you have him, He's still young enough. He's still a playmaker. He's still a guy that can get some stats. 
all right, if it doesn't work out, at least he's under, you know, under your team's control, and then you could go shop him around if things are not working. I know Laker fans are already scratching their heads and saying, can we please stop making trades and just let a team grow together? Well, that could be what happens, and I think that D'Angelo Russell, um, I don't want to say it by default, but it's kind of by default that I think you got to bring D'Lo back. Okay, let me throw out another Los Angeles Laker there. Rui Hachimura. I think we would all agree that Rui was a really, really nice player for the Lakers. Um, in the 16 playoff games, what he averaged? Looked like 12 points, 55% from the field. Had some big moments. Um, had moments where he's dropping 29 in the playoffs. Love his size. Love his uh, just his body in general in the NBA. To have a guy that's 6'8", 230, that can, can – he's got the – uh, the size to switch off of guys. There's a lot that Rui brings to the table. Here's going to be the question with Rui Hachimura. What's the price tag going to be on Rui? I remember before the playoffs started, this was actually even during the regular season, that you thought he's going to cost between 7 and 10 a year was the the market price for Rui. Well, after that post postseason, I mean, I, I've heard numbers 12. I've heard 15. Would a team go up to 18 because of the potential that he has? That's going to be what the Lakers have to figure out with Rui Hachimura, but I also don't think you could afford to lose him. I thought he was a key piece in the playoffs. I thought he allowed the Lakers to um, – it's the size like that that I thought was the difference of the Lakers beating the Golden State, Golden State Warriors uh, or not, or at least making it a series. It's players like Rui and Jared Vanderbilt. It was an AD, of course. And I think if you lost Rui – I think you lose a lot there. And then the last player that I want to bring up is, of course, Austin Reeves. Is there another player that you could think of that um, has rolled up his sleeves more over the last couple years than Austin Reeves has? Is there another player that you could think of that has developed as much where before it used to be? You know, it'd be good to have Reeves in the game. To By the end of the season, it was Reeves has to start he has to finish the game, and that, that man needs to be playing 35 to 40 minutes a game because of everything that he brings to the table. Awesome Reeves is going to be expensive. I don't know how expensive, um, but there were some reports out there that there are definitely teams that are going to put some money in front of Austin Reeves and put the Lakers in that position of you got to pay him. The $50 million is not going to get it. I think the most Lakers can offer is like 53 a team offering him 75, don't be surprised. Offering him 80, don't be surprised. North of that, to be honest with you, probably don't be surprised. And those could be teams just trying to make the Lakers match and you know, obviously bring up some of that, uh, that, that team salary. But um, Austin Reeves, I think we'd all agree, you cannot have a scenario this offseason where Austin Reeves is not on the Los Angeles Lakers. That's my own personal opinion right there. Um, I think he's got to be clearly... Uh, the top priority for the Lakers, uh, certainly, and and I don't doubt that he will be. Let me squeeze in a quick little phone call here, and then we're going to get Brad Turner of the LA Times. Daniel in Santa Monica. What's going on, Daniel? Hey, what's up, Al? Thanks for taking my call. Got it, bud. Um, yeah, you know, you know, I, totally, you know honestly, I totally agree with you on all those, all those little uh, points on D'Lo and, and Rui and Reeves. I think the two must, like, you got to bring back for sure is, is Reeves and Vanderbilt. I think Vanderbilt does so much for us on the wing. And I think just looking at the lay of the land, I think that's kind of the position I think we kind of need to bolster. And then we had two great 
backup centers. I don't know what happened. Now we have none. I think that's also a whole. Um, I don't know, but there, I don't know if there's any playmakers who bring, also bring shooting, which is what, what Delo is supposed to be. You know, I mean, this many years into the league, I'm a huge. I love his game, silky smooth. But I just I don't see this many years in the league. I don't think he's gonna have a magic off season and be all of a sudden be someone who he's not. I don't know. I wonder if there's any other playmakers who can bring some shooting to the team. Uh, well, I know Tyus, Tyus Jones just got a contract. That would have been awesome, but obviously, you know, that didn't work out. You know, something, something like that, you know. I think Daniel, really and, I, and I, appreciate you calling, I appreciate you calling in. Uh, I'm going to say this. You said about the bigs, just to kind of give everybody an idea how many different names on this Lakers roster, there's question marks. Mo Bamba has a team option. Wendy and Gabriel, unrestricted free agent. Um, Malik Beasley, team option for the Lakers. Troy Brown Jr., unrestricted. D'Angelo, unrestricted. Lonnie Walker, unrestricted. Dennis Schroeder, unrestricted. <laughs> there's uh, there's a lot of guys that there's some question marks around. So we'll have to wait and see. We'll see what happens um, and, and see if you know what guys come back. But priority-wise, Lakers got a lot of decisions to make. All right, Brad Turner of the LA Times is coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, thank you um, to everybody taking a chance here to uh, listen to Lakers talk. I want to welcome in BT, good friend of the show and uh, good friend of 710 ESPN, Brad Turner of the L.A. Times. BT, what's going on, brother? Thank you for coming on. How you doing? Man, Al and I am doing great, man. It's good to talk to you, especially when we don't have the other guy around to interrupt us. <laughs> That's right. It's just one-on-one. You know what I mean? It's like it's the difference of playing 21 or the difference of playing one-on-one. One-on-one's always uh, – I think it's better this way. Uh, BT. <laughs> um, okay, I agree, so, especially when that other guy knows nothing about basketball, like like not like you and I do. All right, let, let's start. Uh, let's start off with this. So we had the uh, we had the draft on Thursday, and uh, the Lakers obviously made their picks: Jalen Hood, Shafino, Maxwell Lewis. We'll get a chance to hear from both of those players. Lakers will do a presser tomorrow in El Segundo, and we'll get a chance to kind of get. Um, Obviously, you know the 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 view from those players, but also from the uh, the front office. Um, were you surprised that all the there was some chatter? The Lakers will probably try to trade the picks, and 
They're in a window where they're trying to accommodate to LeBron James, trying to still win an NBA championship if that window is still open, and getting to the Western Conference certainly proved that it is still open. Were you surprised the Lakers didn't make a move and ended up drafting? You know, nothing in this league surprises me anymore. You know, and let's not forget, the Lakers still have free agency. They still have time to make any kind of move they want to to improve the team. The idea will I think sticking with the bad picks, it gave them younger players, gave them athletic players, and it gave them players that they might can fill out the roster going forward if they're not able to land the players they want in free agency. Let's just say they can't afford to bring back Lonnie Walker or they can't afford to bring back Troy Brown Jr., uh, Dennis Schroeder. If those things don't work out, then they have these young players in the pipeline that could potentially help them out some, but they have some youth going forward. But at the same time, they can still use those draft picks as assets to make other moves. Uh, Brad Turner of the LA Times, you could follow him on Twitter, at BA underscore Turner. He's a great follower or a great follow and always has great articles in the LA Times. Um, BT, the, the, the moves they did make, or at least the draft picks that they did take, take a guard, they take a forward. And um, just looking at some of the Laker needs right now, and I know as we get into free agency, there, there's going to be a, a lot of filling out the roster, like every team in the NBA. But the Lakers have um, a, a ton of decisions to make here over these next couple of weeks. When you look at, uh, and I'm going to go over just kind of a, a couple specific players, but when you look at some of the needs and you look at some of the decisions they're going to make, D'Angelo is a name that's been brought up all offseason, and we know how he did in the regular season, final 17 games. He had great numbers. I thought he had moments during the Memphis Grizzlies, moments during the Golden State Warriors, but nothing really too consistent, and really did not get many opportunities in that series against the Denver Nuggets. As the series progressed, I, I, the Lakers' confidence in him I thought was plummeting, and they started using more and more of Dennis Schroeder. What 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 is what do you think the thought process is on D'Angelo Russell moving forward and uh, his future of potentially being with the Lakers or with another team? I would think overall the market is a little unsure about D'Angelo Russell. Yes, when he played in Brooklyn, he was an All Star. Yes, he was solid with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and as you said, he had those really good seventeen regular season games. But you remember the playoffs. That's when you make your money, so to speak. That's when you start to shine. And the fact that he has such a poor series against the Denver Nuggets, that he lost his starting job, that he shot so poorly, the league sees that too. And so his market is not as high as it was during the regular season. What exactly it is, you know, I'm not sure. My understanding is the Lakers are sort of split on do we bring him back and give him another contract for a couple of years that's the kind of deal you can use for trading later on or do you let him go? I'm going to camp. You never let an asset go for nothing. You try and find a way to use that player. Well, I don't use not the right way, but you try to find a way to make this player where it benefits the organization, the team, and the players well. So I don't think they should let him go for for nothing if they can and try to figure out a way to make it work for both of them, whether that's resigning him or whether that's doing a sign-in trade 
or whether that just letting him go for nothing. Well, it's interesting because I, I think you, the way you described it, I think says it all. First off, it's not like there are a lot of options, other options out there. Kyrie Irving, Fred Van Vliet, um, you're going to need to get players and teams to agree in a sign and trade. So it's not going to be clean. And listen, if they could find a way, awesome. If there's some mutual interest between the Raptors and the Lakers and Fred Van Vliet is the starting point guard, great. But I don't think it's that easy. And there are a lot of moving parts to it. But what you just said, I think, says everything. I mean, think about this, BT. He played two years with the Lakers, two years with Brooklyn, had a stint with the Golden State Warriors. Played a few years with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now he's back with the Los Angeles Lakers. And I think what you said about you're better off keeping that asset and seeing if you could flip him, that's kind of been D'Angelo Russell's career so far that there really is not much a, you know, it, it's not a long-term relationship. It's like, a, hey, we, you know, we'll, th- this is a phase of our life. It's a chapter, and then we'll move on from him. But I don't disagree with you because the, I don't like the alternative. I'd rather have him here than not. You know, I would, too, because, as you said, he did have a solid, if not good, regular season. So if you can get 82 games out of him, that says a lot because there are some players out there that don't play a lot of games, that believe in low management throughout the league. So you need available bodies because, have we seen, Anthony Davis dealt with injuries last year or last season. LeBron James dealt with injuries last season. So you do need young players that can give you minutes and time on the court. And the one thing D'Angelo can do, he can shoot the ball. He just shot it very, very poorly in the playoffs, especially against the Denver Nuggets. Um, BT, the the other big name that you know we'll continue to uh, talk about as we get closer to free agency, Austin Reeves is a restricted mm. free agent. So his his situation and his position is a little bit different, but a restricted free agent, um, you know, we obviously know just the, the type of impact that he had on the Lakers. It's kind of funny. There were times where maybe in the beginning of the season it was like, yeah, you know, I, I really like when Reeves is in. I like this. I like that. And then by the time he got to the end of the season, he better be starting, he better be closing games, and he better be playing 35 to 40 minutes because he was that <laughs> impactful. Um, yes. What what kind of what what kind of I guess what I'm trying to figure out and and we won't know until we we get to free agency but what kind of numbers do you think are going to be thrown around um, at Austin Reeves to where the Lakers are forced to obviously match and bring in a guy but at 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 what um, at what dollar amount and do you think there is a dollar amount out there where the Lakers say no I don't think we can do that. Well, the Lakers are floating out there to all the teams that have interest in signing Austin Reeves that they will match it. What that does is it makes teams think, if they're going to match it, why should we make him an offer? Because we won't get him anyway. But there are some teams that might think, we'll, we'll, we'll try you, Lakers. We'll see you. We'll front load the contract and make it a higher salary in the first year, and it decreases in the concurrent years. I mean, that may happen. You're hearing teams like the Houston Rockets have interest in Austin Reeves. The San Antonio Spurs have interest in Austin Reeves. The Utah Jazz may have interest in Austin Reeves. But at what price do these teams really want to pay to bring him in and then have to wait two or three days 
before the Lakers decide, yes, we're going to match it. So now you miss out on other free agents. The numbers, you know, during the season, I was hearing 60 to 65 million for a four year deal. I'm thinking that may have increased some now. I agree. I haven't heard a solid number from anyone lately, but that was the first one that came up. And I'm thinking it may now be going up to maybe 80 million over a four year period of time. I mean, I just don't know. No one knows right now. Teams are trying to put their boxes together. They're trying to decide what they want to do, how much they want to spend, and if they want to make Austin Reeves an offer and then wait for those, that period of time before they can know for sure if he's going to come to their team or if he's going back to the Lakers. $80 million. That sounds like – reminds me of Brad Ooh. Turner money. That, that's, that, that, yeah, yeah, you're so right. I know. Yeah, four years, eighty, right around there was your last contract with the LA Times. Okay, one one other one one other guy I want to bring up here of who the Lakers currently have. Um, another restricted free agent is Rui. H- how how important do you think it is for the Lakers based on some of the success that they had and Rui just having a fantastic playoff run. He seemed – it's kind of funny. He seemed more comfortable in the playoffs than he did in the regular season. As the situ, as the moments got bigger, he looked more comfortable. It seemed like he was more comfortable. How important do you think it is to bring Rui back? Oh, look, very. There are two moments that stand out to me more than any other. It was game one at Memphis when he scored his career playoff high. What was it, 29? And he dunked over Jaron Jackson Jr., the defensive player of the year. I mean, all in this mug, you thought, oh, boy. We saw some stuff out of him in the playoffs during those regular season games, but that was a moment that stood out. The other moment was even though they lost against the Nuggets, they got swept, he showed that he can also play some defense when they put him on Jokic. You thought, okay, he can defend some of these bigger centers, although Jokic is not – a Shaq-like center, but he's obviously the MVP of the of the, uh, the playoffs. But you saw something there. He's also a player the Lakers have to bring back, I think, and I think they will. His market, there's uncertainty there. People that I've talked to on the league, they're not sure what to make of what he did with the Lakers. He was a lottery pick, so we know he has some skills. You know he's an athlete. But the one thing I know, he loves playing for the Lakers. LeBron James and AD love playing with him. Sure. And Darvin Ham loves having him out there on the court. So I think he'll be back as well. Um, BT, a couple quick NBA. Just get your thoughts on this real quick. So already before free agency, we've seen Bradley Beal go to the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. We've seen Chris Paul um, go from the Wizards to the uh, Golden State Warriors. Um, a couple other smaller moves. John Collins leaves the Atlanta Hawks. He goes to the Utah Jazz. Um, of a couple of these deals that have gone down so far, what is your take on um, the Beal, the CP3, and just kind of where the Western Conference stacks up? Oh, by the way, I forgot to even mention, Marcus Smart's going to go to a team that seems like it's a perfect fit in the Memphis Grizzlies. What's your thoughts on a couple of these trades? You know, I think it's a case of – the Phoenix Suns getting Bradley Beal. They now have to fill out the roster because they have, what, four signed players? Mm-hmm. Bradley Beal. They had DeAndre Ayton. They had oh, Booker. Yeah. And, uh, right. You know, and they have Kevin Durant. So who's going to be the supporting cast around them? 
when you have Chris Paul going to the Golden State Warriors, you know, I'm fine with that move. I mean, I covered Chris for a long time, and I think a lot of it was finances. Jordan Poole had to go. He had a poor playoffs, he had a poor season, and he's going to start with his four-year contract for $120 million. Chris is making $30 million this year. His contract next year is not guaranteed, so he comes off the books. The one that interested me the most would be the Boston trade, Marcus Smart. Now, that kid can play. Mm. And those 25 games where they won't have John Morant, he fills that job very well. And I think he can be a great mentor for that young man who needs someone to be in his ear every single day. We forget, BT, you know, Steven Adams was out. Brandon Clark was out. John Morant was injured in that. Uh, remember, he missed game two and just had that wrist injury. So I'm with you. Memphis, I don't know if it's quiet, but quietly, even with John Morant missing 25 games, I know they got a lot to figure out from that perspective off the court issues, but that's a nice team, and it kind of rounds out what's going to be an incredibly competitive Western Conference, as always. Um, Brad Turner. Uh, make sure to follow him on Twitter. Make sure to check out all his work in the L.A. Times. BT, as always, brother, I appreciate the time. Thank you, my friend. Have a great night. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. That is uh, Brad Turner of the L.A. Times. When we come back, uh, some final thoughts. I want to actually hit on a couple of these NBA um, scenarios that I was just mentioning. Lakers still the second-best team in the West. It is a clogged Western Conference Damian Lillard, Jason Collins to the Jazz, Nas Reed to the Timberwolves, some other NBA stuff went down. And then some anniversaries in the NBA draft, um, a couple, uh, one specifically, arguably the greatest Laker of all time, was drafted 27 years ago today. We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, how about this? 27 years ago today, the Charlotte Hornets selected Kobe Bryant with the 13th pick in the 1996 draft. Uh, eventually, Kobe Bryant was traded to the Lakers in exchange for Vlade Divac. Look, there's a reason why Vlade is one of my favorite players of all time. We got Kobe off of uh, Vlade. Uh, it's crazy. 27 years ago, um, it, it, you know, I was telling Travis this this morning. To have a player, think about, go look at up in the rafters and you see all the retired Laker jerseys. And it's Wilt Chamberlain. All right, Wilt came, had a portion of his career here, but he's considered one of the greatest ever. It's Kareem Abdul-Freakin-Jabbar. He's definitely considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest player of all time. Um, but started with the Milwaukee Bucks. He was winning championships at UCLA. Everybody knew who Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was. Magic Johnson um, uh, wins an NBA championship in his rookie year suiting up at center. It's Magic freaking Johnson. Go down the list. All these players, James Worthy and Shaquille O'Neal, where he was drafted and eventually came to the Lakers. He was already the man. 
Here's Kobe Bryant, who nobody really knew when the Lakers traded for him and is arguably the greatest Laker of all time. I wouldn't argue it because he played 20 years with the Los Angeles Lakers. He has two different versions as a Laker. And, uh, you know, obviously number eight, number 24, did it with Shaq, did it with Pau Gasol. Um, and he was selected at number 13. That, I don't know why that just – that one kind of trips me out a little bit. But 27 years ago today, the Hornets – selected Kobe. He ends up with the Los Angeles Lakers. Also today, um, 20 years ago today, the Cavs took Bron. So LeBron James was taken with the first pick in that 2003 NBA draft. I just want to hit on a couple things here real quick because uh, we're coming to an end of the show. Uh, Around the NBA, there was a tweet that was sent out by Chris Haynes right before the show started said Portland Trailblazers GM Joe Cronin issued statement on meeting with Damian Lillard. There was uh, some chatter that they were going to meet with ownership today. They obviously took Scoot Henderson with number three, so they did not trade that pick. He said, I met with Dame and Aaron Goodwin this afternoon. I'm assuming that's his agent. We had a great dialogue. We remain committed to building a winner around Dame. What is going on in Portland? I mean, I love the NBA, so I follow all these NBA stories. What somebody want to explain to me what's going on in Portland? The you know what it doesn't define me if I don't win a championship. I want to stay here. I want my career to be here. Then it's the Portland Trailblazers keep saying we're going to build a winner around uh, Damian Lillard. What are we all? What, are, what is anyone talking about? I I have no idea what the Blazers are doing. Not that I care either. I mean, listen, if Dame goes and. I would. The only thing I'm worried about is Dame goes to a contender, and there's another obstacle for the Lakers. But the whole Damian Lillard situation in Portland, can they just separate? Dame, you've been very loyal. You're good to go. Everything's fine. Go go play somewhere else. And if you're the Blazers, go rebuild. Uh, that's kind of the, the worst thing you could do is where you're sitting in the middle and you don't really know where the heck the direction you're going in and you're holding on to an asset and doing nothing, nor are you winning with them. Makes no sense to me. Um, next uh, Lakers talk I have is actually going to be a week from Wednesday. I got Monday off before the 4th of July, so just a heads up on that. Shout out here. Thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo, and thank you to Mario Ruiz. Uh, Laker fans, really appreciate you guys tuning in. Catch the full episode on the podcast. LA, as always, have a great rest of your night.